I'll throw it over there. Hey, John. What's up, man? Nothing. We uh, we did a pretty good skit from Mothers. For I was sure. trying to figure. Yeah. <coughs> we was trying to figure out what do you think uh, what do you think we ought to do for Father's Day? Well, we already did singing, and so since we're already tossing softball, uh, Dad's like softball and movies. How about we do with that? Well, uh, from the looks of it, your dad didn't ca play catch with you much, so let's probably, you know, let's probably just stick with movies. What's your favorite father-son movie? Uh, that's, that's easy. My favorite father-son movie, uh, Field of Dreams. Really? <coughs> Pinnacle. Pinnacle father-son movie. It's kind of a girl movie. What? <laughs> what are you <laughs> What are you talking? Yeah, it's all feeling. Uh, if you build it, they will come. But yeah. Dude, if you, hold on. If well, you build it, they will come. <laughs> well, how does that have anything to do with father son? Dude, I, he said, hey, son, you want to play some catch? I like that, dad. It, Niagara Falls every time. Just yeah. <laughs> I, thought his, I thought that voice was James Earl Jones. And he was the one like, they'll come, Ray, they'll come. But still, oh, I, I mean, you. it's it's all about fathers and sons. What, well, what's your, what's your movie? Father-son movie. That's easy. Top Gun. <laughs> well, why is everybody laughing? So, listen. Pete Mitchell, Maverick, is living in the shadow of his father. He's trying to catch up to him. Everything, the whole overtone is about him and his dad. That did makes, you, that makes did zero. Well, that did makes, you not catch that? That makes zero sense. Well, you know why I probably caught it and you didn't? In, enlighten me. I was inverted. <laughs> you know, when he's in it, he was inverted. And Goose is like, yeah, man, I got a really good picture. Remember? Anyway. Anyway, all right. So. Danger Zone. <laughs> best movie ever. Better than, better than Top Gun. No, first of all, that's impossible. Yeah. You probably wouldn't have seen it because it's not a cartoon. 1988, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, Over the Top, Prodigal Son. <laughs> Who's with me? Hey, I got one back there. Hey. Nobody's going to meet you halfway, Mike. If you want something in life, you got to take it. This body's an engine, and this is the fire plug. I'm about to light them up. What's Light them up. What's that got to do? What's that got to do with Father Son? Cut me, Mick. That's a different movie altogether. I know, but I, I get going on a Stallone. Okay. I can't stop. Get to the chopper. <laughs> I'm done. Well, anyway, since we're obviously not going to agree, from Burlington Baptist to all of you fathers out there, happy Father's Day. And uh, thanks for putting up with this, John. <laughs> and don't forget your Heavenly Father. If you're too busy to pray, you're a lot busier than God wants you to be. Happy Father's Day. I was sitting there as a father thinking, I hope they don't break any windows. Good to see all of you. My name is Kent. I'm the pastor. It's good to be back. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I took a little trip. Uh, we rode about 5,500, I don't know how many miles it was, went to 13 states on a motorcycle. I was gone for two weeks. Some of you missed me. Some of you didn't even know I was gone. <laughs> but it is good to be back, and uh, thanks for the time off. Thank you, Brother LD, for filling in for me. Boy, you talk about big shoes to fill. Woo, Lord have mercy. But anyway, he's a dear friend to me. 
So it's Father's Day, and uh, I, I wanted to share with you a, a sermon today about fathers, but before we do that, I want you to pray with me as we ask God's blessing on this time. Father, grateful for this day, for what it means. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. We ask you, Lord, to watch over this time. I pray that you speak through me. Give me the gift of preaching, Lord, for your glory, not for mine. And I pray, God, when we leave here today, we will all have drawn closer to you. And I pray, Lord, that this is a day that we'll remember that we celebrated and learned about our Father, our Heavenly Father. We pray it in Jesus' name. Everybody together said, amen. I read a story where they were interviewing a little boy, and they asked him, what's the difference between Father's Day and Mother's Day? You know what he said? Father's Day is the same but cheaper. Dads are unique individuals. We are, you know, we're men, right? So we're, we're unique individuals. And um, sometimes we try really hard and, and we try to be good examples. And, and I, I read a story because sometimes we just don't get it. You know what I mean? Am I the only, do you agree with that, guys? Sometimes we, we have trouble. So here's, here's, here's an example. One night, a wife found her husband standing over their newborn baby's crib and silently she watched him. As he stood looking down at the sleeping infant, she saw on his face a mixture of emotions and disbelief, doubt, delight, amazement, enrichment, skepticism. He would stand back, shake his head, and look and, and say, amazing, amazing, while he was smiling from ear to ear. So touched by this unusual display of emotion, the wife snuck up behind him and put her arm around him, and her eyes glistened, and she looked at him and said, a penny for your thoughts. And here's what he said, isn't it amazing? When you take the time to really look close, how can anyone make a crib like that for $45.99? <laughs> Happy Father's Day, guys. I'm a father. I'm a father of two daughters, and I've been so blessed. I can't turn around and look because I'll start squalling. I'm a big baby, but uh, God blessed me with two wonderful daughters. I am a father, but I had a father that was an amazing man. He influenced my life in so many ways. He taught me to to fear the Lord, to trust the Lord. He taught me about music, and, and so I'm grateful for that. And now that I've been a, 30, a dad for 34 years, I know how special it is to hold the title of father. I thought uh, everybody had that kind of a relationship that I had growing up, but, you know, they don't. And I remember some years ago, I've shared this story a little bit. Some years ago, I was preaching in a church out in Tennessee. It was Father's Day. When the day was over, a man walked up to me, and he said, and he called me mini-rev. I don't know what that meant exactly, but... I think it's because I was so young back then. But he came up to me and he said, hey, Mini-Rev, and it was a term of endearment. We were buddies. He said, Mini-Rev, I want to talk to you just a second. He said, here's the deal. I know that sermon was good, and I, and I appreciate you and all like that kind of thing. But he said, I had a real problem getting a hold of that because he said, when I was growing up, my father was, was not really a great example, and he wasn't there for me. He said, I thought everybody had that kind of a relationship of a good father, but some don't. And so today I want to talk to you about God as a father. George Bernard Shaw had difficulty as well with his father because his father was always busy at pubs and playing cricket, he said. The great author and theologian C.S. Lewis had a problem with the father and getting a handle on it because his father was very harsh. In fact, when he'd get in trouble, his father would quote Cicero to him and, and scold him. And, and then C.S. went on to a school where there was a strong headmaster, a taskmaster, and, and so he had to overcome this. And here's what he said. He said he overcame it by the grace of God. It was important to have a proper understanding of God as a father. It is an important understanding to do that. And so today I want to talk about God as our Father, regardless of our circumstances, not to minimize them, but I want us to understand God as our Father. You see, it's important that we have an understanding about God. Because as we celebrate Father's Day, whether we have that kind of a past or a good past, I want you to know today that you have a Heavenly Father that loves you. 
He loves you and he cares for you, as Brother Danny shared, so much so that he sent his son Jesus that you could have life. What kind of father is God? One of the things that I believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth for, one of the things that I believe Jesus came to this earth for was to show us what God the Father is really like. You know, when you talk to people about their ideas and concepts of religion and philosophy, you get all kinds of reasons. I was talking to somebody one day, and I said, where did you get that belief? I'm just curious. Where did you come up with that? Well, I saw it in a movie. I was talking to another person one day, and they said, I, uh, I, 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 it was the way I was raised. You know, it's important that what we believe lines up with God's word. Amen? That's why we're here. When we have misconceptions about things, sometimes it can cause us trouble in life as we go forward. The Bible teaches us that God has been and is present from the very beginning. God the Father loved you. He loved mankind from the very beginning. Jesus was the, per the force that he sent into this world. When you think about God, we see Jesus walking among common man, the very Son of God walking among common people. Why? Because he loved you. That's the Father that would send his Son that would love us like that. Dietrich Bonhoeffer talked about God. He talked about God being in our midst. He said he's the great beyond in our midst. We're not worshiping some God that's out there that we can't see, but he's in our presence. And God loved us so much that he sent his son. Now, how do we know that God loves us? When we read this prayer, this model prayer, it gives us a great example of that, that God loves us. Because he gives things to pray about and things that we bring to him. But I want to look at one scripture today. Matthew 6, verse 9, watch this. Jesus said, this is how we should pray. Our Father in heaven. Wow. Jesus starts the Lord, Lord's Prayer by saying, our Father in heaven. I don't think he's just wanting us to know where our Father is, but that he is a heavenly Father, not an earthly one. God is very different than earthly fathers. Sometimes we can disappoint. Sometimes we can let down. Sometimes we make mistakes. You know, when my first daughter came, I wish they'd have gave me a book on how to raise a daughter. I guess they did. The Bible. But we are imperfect, but our heavenly Father is not only in heaven, but he cares about us, and he's perfect. As a heavenly father, he's like anything we've ever seen. He's on a higher plane. He's personal and he's connected. The reason some people don't connect with God, I've heard these excuses, is they say God's unreasonable. Is he really? But if you think about it, that he sent his son to die for you and I? Who wants to get in a relationship with someone that's unreasonable? When you know somebody loves you like that, man, I'm in, aren't you? When somebody cares about you so much that they send their only begotten son, Another reason that people don't believe in God, I've heard them say, is he's unreliable. Perhaps you've experienced hurt in your life, and, and you blame God for that. Why did God allow this? Perhaps it's because he loved us so much that he gave us freedom to choose. And because of that freedom, we as humans sometimes make bad decisions, and it causes chaos. It started in the Garden of Eden. What if God took away our freedom to choose? What would it look like? When I think about how people have hurt me, I wonder, have I ever hurt anybody else? Sometimes we blame God for our hurts when, in fact, it wasn't him. It was people that hurt us. He gave us freedom, hoping that we would choose him. He sent his son that whosoever believeth. I want to be a whosoever, don't you? Some don't trust God because they think he's unconcerned. Others might say, I believe in God, but he's, he's got bigger things to tend to than me. I mean, how could a God that created all of this world be concerned about me? You know, to me, it even makes it more that he could be concerned about us because he's that beyond in our midst, that he's that great. The Bible says that he even has the hairs on our head numbered. For some, it's easier for him to keep up with than others. 
The Bible says that he sees the sparrow when it falls. He's got you. He's got me. Our Father in heaven. Thank you, Lord. God loves you. God is a caring Father. He's a caring Father. I'm not sure as humans that we can even grasp how much God loves us, as Danny mentioned, that he sent his only begotten Son to die on a cross to take the sins of the world and put it on him that we could go free, our Father. Psalms 103 talks about God being a caring father. He says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who honor him. Here's the thing. If we really feel that someone doesn't care, why in the world would we ever go to them when they're in need? You know why I go to my wife? Because I know she cares about me. I know that she wants me to, to do well. And when I need something, I can go to her. And vice versa, there's love there. And we can go to someone that we love. You know, 1 Peter 5, 7 kind of sums this up, and I love this. It says, cast all your cares upon him. Translation, cast all your anxieties upon him. Now this, you know, I'm stepping on my own toes up here because you guys that know me know how I am. I can get pretty jacked up pretty quick, right? Stop it. Cast all your cares upon him. When was the last time you took the thing that was weighing you down? When was the last time you took the thing that you were hurting about and said, on your knees before God Almighty, I give it to you, Lord, take it. It's getting real now, isn't it? He cares about you. He cares about you. I really don't think we grasp how much he loves us. You see, God is also a consistent father. James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift is from the father who does not change like shifting shadows. One thing I've noticed as I'm pushing 60 years old is the only thing consistent in this world is change. Think about a year ago. Think about two years ago. It's constantly changing, but we serve a God that does not change. His love for you is the same as it was yesterday, today, tomorrow. God is consistent in the way that he loves us. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, even if we are faithless, he remains faithful for me. He cannot disown himself. One thing we can always count on is, and that is God acts in love towards us. From the very beginning, he gave us the freedom to choose mankind in the Garden of Eden. And what did they do? They rebelled. But God pursued them. Why? He loved them. He loved them so much that he pursued them, and he continued to pursue them. You know who I see in Adam? I see me. That God loves me, and he consistently comes after me and seeks me. That he's a God that's consistent, and he's always acting in love. And you know what? When he does that to us, how should we act toward others? We should be redemptive. We should be redemptive in our actions as Christ followers. God does not change. Malachi 3.6 says, I, the Lord, do not change. Have you ever had someone break a promise to you? Whew. It hurts, doesn't it? Yeah. Stings. Hurts. Have you ever broke a promise to someone else? Whew. Wait a minute. Now watch it. Young Wicked Meddling. Here he goes. That's tough too, isn't it? I read that one of the greatest resentments, causes of resentment and rebellion in children is the broken promises that are made to them. But I want to tell you something today. We can't change the past, but we can change from here going forward. And God is for you today regardless of your past. And it's called grace. Grace. God's grace. God will never break a promise to you. Romans eleven twenty nine says, I will never go back on his promise. God will never go back on his promises. Psalms 59 says, my God is changeless in his love for me. Can I get my head around that? 
think about that, that God's love for you never changes. God is closer than a father. Acts 17, 27 says, God did this so people would reach out for him and find him since he is not far from each of us. God wants to have a relationship with you today. Do you know that? God wants to be involved in your life. He wants to personally be involved in the things of your life because if it matters to you, it matters to him. In life, we have all kinds of relationships with other folks. God is sympathetic to our hurts, and he hears us when we pray. There's a story in the Bible where the disciples were in a boat, and they were going across the water, and the storm came up, and the tempest shook, and the boat began to rock, and Jesus was in the bottom asleep. Anybody ever been in a boat of life, and it starts shifting and rocking, and you think Jesus is asleep? They went and woke him up, and they said, hey, don't you care that we perish? You ever had that feeling? Here's what he did. Here's what he did. Jesus came up, and he spoke to him, and he calmed the storm. I want to tell you something. He'll calm the storms in our lives. It may not be on our timetable, but he will calm the storms, and he will give us peace. Can I get an amen on that? Do you believe that today? Do you truly believe that? Jesus cares about you. He cares about me. God is for you, he's not against you, and he wants to be a part of your life today, a part of my life. He wants to spend time with you. I love it, my buddy Troy, we were on a trip, on a spike trip together, and we were talking, and one day he said something to me, he said, you know how you spell love? And I said, no, how do you spell love? He said, T-I-M-E, time. There's truth in that. How much time do we spend with God? I heard a story about a lawyer who was successful, and he said the greatest gift that he ever heard was in a box that came at Christmas. His dad gave it to him. He opened the box up, and it was written on a little note saying, I will give you 365 hours every hour, one hour every day after dinner. It's yours. I'll give you one hour every day after dinner. It's yours to give. We'll talk about what you want to talk about. We'll go wherever you want to go. We'll play whatever kind of game you want to play. It's your hour. He said his dad not only kept the promise, but he renewed it. And it was the greatest gift he had ever received. I want to tell you something. There's a great gift for you and I today. And that is that God extends his love to you and wants to be a part of your life every day. Every day. Don't forget that. When the water starts slapping over the boat, remember that you have a father that loves you. Our father. My daughter calls me sometimes. I pick up the phone. <clears throat> she says, Daddy, Whew. man, you know, I'm doing pretty good until she asks me for something, but it's all good. But when I hear her say, Daddy, and I believe that God's the same way. When we speak to him and we say, I was talking to somebody a couple weeks ago, and they said, you know, I just, don't, don't call on me to pray. You know how a preacher is when you're standing in a circle, say, we're going to pray, who wants to lead? And all you get to the top of people's heads, right? And this person said to me, he said, I, I just can't pray out loud. And I said something to him, and I, and I said this, and I, and I mean this. Think about this. If I were to say to you, is it difficult for you to talk to your father? Most of us would say no. I talk to my dad all the time. I love talking to my dad. I, I mean, you know, I wish I could do it now. I miss him. Tell me why it's difficult. Because when you bow your head and you say, cares about you. He thinks he's got you. Something that we need to understand 
We are not all in the family of God, guys. We're all created by God. But until we choose to become a part of the family, we're not there. How do we become a part of the family of God? In John 14, verses 6 through 7, here's what it says. Listen very closely. Jesus said, this is in red letters, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one can come to the Father except, say it with me, through me. If you had really known me, you would know my Father, who my Father is. And then he says this, from now on, you do know him and have seen him. I had a guy tell me one day, he said, you're not very open-minded. You're telling me i got to believe in Jesus. And I, and I said, it's not what I say, it's what the Bible says. That's what Jesus said. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And he wants you to come to him through him. Some of you might say, well, somebody might be here today and say, you know, it's a little bit too late, man. I'm too old and blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you something. You're never too old. Never too old to come to the Father. There's a story about Jesus on the cross, and there was a man next to him, and life was shortening for him very quickly. And he recognized who Jesus was, and he said, remember me. And, and Jesus said to him, this day, this day, as long as there's life, there's hope. I believe that, and I believe that God wants to be in a relationship with you, and we have to come by faith through Jesus. Galatians 3.26 says, we are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. It's not about being religious. It's not about how often we go to church, not about all the good works we do. It's by the blood of Jesus, by faith. Somebody should have said amen right there. Rick Warren says like this, in human terms, there are only two ways you can get into a family. You can be born into it or adopted. There's no other way to get into a family. You're either born into it or you're adopted. In the Bible, both of these terms are used as explanations of what it means to be a Christian. Because to be saved, to experience salvation, you become a part of God's family by birth. It's called being born again. Or by adoption, by being adopted into God's family. Look at 1 Peter 1.3. All praise to God the Father. Our Lord Jesus Christ, it is by his great mercy that we have been born again. God's mercy is why we even have been born again. We are born again when we accept Jesus into our lives. God decided in advance, according to Ephesians 1, to adopt us in our, into his own family by bringing us himself through Jesus the Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. He loves you today. How else can I say it? How else can I say it? That God loves you so much. Our Father in heaven. Perhaps you think, well, I, I've done this and I've done that. I want to tell you something. There's not one sin that you've committed that he hasn't already died for. <laughs> wow. That's pretty overwhelming, isn't it? That's pretty overwhelming. Nothing is impossible with God, according to Luke 37. What kind of father is God? He's a heavenly father that you can call your own. That you can be in a relationship because of his son, Jesus, and because he loves you. He's a God that's caring. He's a father that's not only in heaven, but is your heavenly father as well if you trust in him. I want you to know that he's consistent and he's close. And that's what this church stands for. That's what we're about. Aren't you glad to be a part of the family of God? And if you're not, what better day to do it than today? Can you imagine going home and picking up the phone and calling your kid and saying, you ain't going to believe what I did today. I accepted Christ. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, man, you know, there's a lot more. Let it go. Give it to the Lord. He wants to take it. He don't want you carrying it. Give it to him. Will you do that? He's a God that cares. Our Father in heaven. Pray with me. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for your love. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit has spoken. I pray, God, that we've been drawn closer.
closer to you. Pray, Lord, that some are here today carrying that burden that this will be the day of their life, Lord, because we can come to you.